Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing checkout hacks, calming compounding, and Balenciaga babies. Dude, I barely know what Balenciaga is. <laughs> There's no Emily doesn't own any, any no. Balenciaga. That's of course okay. not. No. Just, it's not a term that we often use, and so but uh, we. I we, know it's a fancy fashion it's, brand. It's fancy. I was going for the alliteration. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a fancy brand. Uh, we are going to talk about the money that we spend on babies, but this is our Friday flight, uh, and specifically, we're talking about some of the different headlines we've come across, and specifically how those headlines are going to impact your money, your ability to earn and invest and to spend. But Joe, it looks like you've got a, a personal finance win here that you want to talk about. Yeah. So I'm saving 500 bucks this year for making one move. We've talked about this on the show before, but we I just bought our house and there were in July, right? We, we moved in up here to our new mm-hmm. stomping grounds in July of this year. And so many moving parts <laughs> when we were buying a house that... I forgot to kind of think about what my deductible is going to be on this new property. Oh, snap. And that is, that's not something I have looked at either. I went back in to look at my at, at my premiums and I was like, wait, this is, this is kind of high. This is kind of expensive. As I'm, I'm like shopping everything, I'm like literally reaching out to other insurers and stuff. It turns out I've got a decent rate overall for all the policies I have, the landlord policies, 
the car insurance policy, the home policy. But I was like, there's got to be a way for me to cut this down. And of course, yes, uh, raising my deductible was a great way for me to save 500 bucks, more than $500 every single year. Granted, it went a lot higher. <laughs> so my deductible is now not even a firm number. It is a percentage of the home's value. So, oh, if, interesting. so if something happens, like I have to have a lot of money on hand <laughs> to make a repair. What's, what's the percentage? So, so I'm at 3%. You 3%. can do 2 or 3% with, with my insurance company. Okay. And so I, based on the amount of money I've got currently stashed away in savings, I feel comfortable self-insuring for this and just taking, taking that savings on the premium amount every yeah. month. Plus, as you know, sure the, you- the, the goal of this insurance is is to never use it. Yeah, never use it. You want to make sure that it's it's got to be for something catastrophic, right? right? Uh, otherwise, were you to use it, you're going to see those rates skyrocket. Oftentimes, it's said that if you use it, you lose it. But uh, man, that's what what made you. So you were just shopping around your insurance because typically I just got the re- a angel reminder comes around, yeah. and so we bought our homes. Well, we we got our house back in the spring, uh, and so. I feel like I would that would pop pop up on my radar maybe in like February or so March. So it was because I got a notice of a bump up in my car insurance rates uh. by something close to like eighteen percent. So it was a, it was a huge increase, and yeah. I, I so I reached back out to to my agent. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? Like, why so much? But th- this is honestly it's the reality for a lot of people around the country. Like rates are a, skyrocketing. A lot of car insurers yeah. have been raising their raise their rates a lot. This exactly. Past year. So I was like, how can yeah. we how can we knock this one down? Sadly, there wasn't much to do on that front. But I was like, I got to find somewhere else to cut back if, if, if my car insurance is going up by by this drastic amount. So uh, fortunately, we have one car. <laughs> fortunately, it's mm-hmm. a cheap car, so we don't have full coverage. So even though it's going up, it's it's relative, right? Yeah. It's But it's uh, it's still, I'm glad I was able to find a way to claw some savings back yeah, at the yeah. same time. Jack up that deductible on your home insurance because that is not insurance that you typically want to see yourself using. But yeah. do make sure you've got that emergency fund set aside to handle that really high deductible if and when that event ever does come. Yeah. And just a good reminder to all of our listeners out there to take a look. Do you know what your deductible is? And do you mm-hmm. know how much you could save if you raised it? And can you afford to raise it? Like, do you have the money on hand to self-insure? Those are those are important questions, but we'll hope you ask them because mm-hmm. it could, could save you a lot of money. All right, man, let's get to uh, our Friday flight. So this is that quick sampling of stories that we found interesting this week. And first, we want to get to I-bonds. And despite the the litany of issues that we heard about uh, from listeners and you know from the, the interwebs in general, the Treasury Department, they managed to sell almost $1 billion worth of I-bonds in a single day last Dang. Friday. <laughs> it's a tremendous amount of, of money flowing into I-bonds, something that most folks hadn't even heard of before. If you missed out because of some of those web glitches or maybe it just wasn't even on your radar up until now, that's okay. Uh, the new rate on I-bonds has shrunk, but it's still... Uh in my opinion, do like a super solid 6.89%. Yeah, not Almost bad. 7%. And it's actually higher than most had predicted because the Treasury Department, they added a 0.4% fixed rate of interest in addition to, to netting the, the rate of inflation. Uh, so this means that even as inflation eases, you'll still have a fixed rate floor to count on, uh, which still makes I-bonds an attractive buy for a decent chunk of folks. But it's also important to mention that I-bonds, they're a great tool for medium-term savers. We're talking at least, I mean, you can't touch it for at least one year, but you know, if not two to three years, that is a, a good time frame to keep in mind. This isn't money that you need to have access to immediately. But that being said, younger folks with an even longer time horizon are still better off socking away money uh, into the stock market via those tax advantage accounts. Um, but the the other 
thing to point out too is that fixed rate floor, that 0.4%, that's actually good for the full length of the bond. So we're yeah. talking a solid 30 years and granted it's not much, but it is nice to know that you can kind of always count on at least that 0.4%. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of folks, let's say inflation does go back to normal, who are going to want to hold on to this I bond for a sure. full 30 years. I can't imagine most of our listeners are going to nope, want- Nope, probably not. <laughs> as the rate does go back down. But you're right. I, I think it's, it is important to mention as well that I bonds have gotten a lot of press. We've talked about I bonds quite a bit, but still, even while I bonds remain a great deal, they remain a great deal for certain folks in certain situations. And there are a lot of people who would be better served by investing more and not even really considering I bonds. But yeah, so much comes down to the individual. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about gift giving for a second, Matt, because we are getting close to that time of year. There's a new survey that I saw this week that came out from TransUnion, one of the credit bureaus, and it found that a decent chunk of shoppers are changing the way they think about buying gifts for their loved ones this coming holiday season. I think largely due to the reality of inflation, which is part of the reason I-bonds are so valuable right now. But a third of folks said they plan to buy fewer gifts overall. 17% of people said they plan to buy cheaper gifts. And 13% said they are turning to more practical gift options uh, over the holidays. And I got to say, Matt, I I mostly like that people are pivoting in these ways. I think this is a good sign because we do have to make different decisions as inflation roars. Like if your salary hasn't kept up with the pace of inflation, your spending power has gone down and you have to change accordingly. Uh, So yeah, buying fewer gifts, as long as you're communicating that with potential family and friends, I'd say that's one of the best ways to go. Totally. Yeah. We actually talked about this last year with Meg Nordman on how to have a minimalist Christmas. We can link to that episode in our show notes. And you know, you definitely don't want to just show up without any gifts on the day of the the family get together (laughs) Uh, because you were tight on cash. That's not cool. But other friends and family members, uh, they're they're likely feeling the inflation pinch as well, and they will probably welcome this conversation. It'll actually be a relief yeah. for them. Uh, and so the earlier that you make this phone call, or f- even better, FaceTime, the better. Uh, we're still in early November, so you know, clearing the air about gift expectations now, it's a smart move. And if you haven't even started thinking about gifts at all for the gifts that you are going to get, I think it also makes sense to start thinking now. Um, I say this because we recently purchased uh, a gift for my father-in-law. This is a gift that we had kind of thought of last year. We didn't pull the trigger on it, but it was still on our minds. And uh, it popped up 30, it's like 30 or 40% off on Slick Deals, uh, one of their daily emails. Nice. So uh, Slick Deals, Deal News, those are sites that we talk about often. But if you've thought about it ahead of time, if you've identified those gifts, then they can be on your radar. That way you can be sure to find the best deal. Yeah, I like that. And and again, I do like that idea too of just fewer gifts overall, I think, especially like when we talked with Meg. Fewer, she, fewer quality gifts, well, you know, instead but, of just like all, just not, all the junk. Not buying for adults, just saying, listen, we're not doing gift giving for adults this year or something like that. That can actually take a lot of the pressure off because sometimes we're like, oh, I got to get something. And, right. and it's hard to like, my dad, love the guy, don't know how to buy for anything for him. <laughs> like it's, he's so hard to shop for. And so sometimes calling off the gift giving can actually like make it a better holiday and only give gifts for kiddos under 15 or 18. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. I think but, that's when you bust out the coupon for uh, a night out on the town with you and me, Pops. Right. Rather than an actual item I, that you, you package. I've gone to that well many times at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's worth thinking about like as everything's getting more expensive, like do yeah. you change your your tactics when it comes to buying gifts this year? And all right, Matt, let's get to that, to that Balenciaga babies story. I really like this one. This one's probably my favorite article from the past week from uh, the Atlantic and it was titled babies don't need fancy things <laughs> which 
I love it. It's a great title. And it's in and of itself, great headline. So freaking true because weddings and babies are, of course, two places where folks will spend insane amounts of money without really batting an eye. So yeah, from fancy strollers to newfangled sleeping devices, the amount of money sloshing around in like even just like the baby development space match to, to develop new products it's astronomical and marketers of course they want you to spend your money on the products that they've created the best line in this article matt was when it said that these marketers equate certain kinds of consumption with responsible parenting mm. they that's true they are selling that's, you that's the brainwashing that has occurred yes yeah in order to be a good parent you have to get these items uh, the pressure is real for parents because they see that marketing, they internalize it, and they feel like, well, I got to spend money to show that I actually love my kid. But we would say we agree with this article. Babies don't need fancy things. And it's hard to turn a deaf ear to this finely tuned marketing machine trying to part you from your dollars. But we would say it's it's in your best financial interest to at least try to put on the earmuffs. (laughs) Give it a shot. Say la, 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 and and, and try to avoid all of the fancy schmancy baby stuff that's coming down the pike. Yeah. And we've got a lot of kiddos, Joel. Like y'all have got three kids. We have four. Uh, Our youngest dudes, they're still toddlers. So we feel this pressure ourselves. Um, And we've seen how so many baby items, they're described as miracle purchases, right? (laughs) They're going to fix whatever ails your baby. Therefore, it's going to decrease your stress levels as well. Uh, The biggest money-making promise, honestly, is it's like anything that will get your kiddos to sleep through the night. They even sell diapers now that'll promise better sleep for your child. Seriously. I got to say, what they're really promising is what you care about more is less about your child's sleep and more about your own sleep. You're like, if they sleep, I'll sleep. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Because you know that if you can sleep and function during the day, like that is going to make everybody happier. Like I I definitely get that. I mean, this honestly, it makes me think of recently our youngest. uh, He's been walking into our room in the middle of the night, not sleeping through the night. And this started a conversation between Kate and I. And we're like, you know, maybe what he needs is a big boy bed because he's not really sleeping on a real... It's just like this little cheap foam mattress we talked about this for a little bit before it clicked in my head and I realized that we were, it was a cell phone. Like we were falling into this trap. We weren't even being presented with any marketing or advertising messages. It was us convincing ourselves that maybe the solution here is to buy, to spend money, to buy yeah. something a little bit fancier, uh, something a little bit nicer. But then I remembered that, wait a minute, our oldest daughter slept in that toddler bed for until she was like five years old yeah so <laughs> we were convincing ourselves that oh yeah it's, it's not even a real bed it's just like this fake pretend little cheap ikea toddler bed with like a four inch foam mattress until we were able to look back at history and to realize that wait a minute this is not necessary and it turns out it's because he uh, had a cold when I have a cold, I don't sleep that well at night, <laughs> and he is totally back to sleeping through the yeah. night. Well, ma- no additional dollars spent. It makes me think too that there's just like this massive gap between these expensive new baby items and then their used value oh, sure. on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. And so that's one way around it. If, if you are going to get, yeah, something. if you feel the need to get the snoo uh, whatever the baby sleeper that rotates at different times <laughs> to make sure that they sleep at their optimal levels, whatever, then buy it used at least because I don't know they're they're like. $1,600 brand new, but I bet you can get one for a few hundred dollars on Facebook Marketplace. Like, And the thing is, you don't keep many of these items around in your life very long as your kid ages up. Like, You're getting rid of 
baby and kid stuff all the time. Yeah, it's a revolving door of items right. that we have and provide for our so kids. So buying new makes less sense. Buy used at least if you want to get some of this fancy stuff. And then maybe at least you're not going to lose a lot of money in the process because then you can sell it used again and maybe might be able to even get what you what you paid for it. Exactly. There you go. And honestly, it seems like the fancier the item, the more likely they are to break. I feel like I saw there's articles this past week of some sort of like baby stroller that's been like breaking in half. It's like one of those double baby strollers. Okay. Did, did you see that? It doesn't sound good. <laughs> I know. Well, like, Poor babies. I know. That's the. That, it's like completely collapsing. And so more money, more problems. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how I approach it compared to just like the classic crib or some of these other items that are pretty basic. Yeah. Uh, I think the simpler that we can keep it, the better off we'll be. And you are still a good parent, even if you don't spend Absolutely. buku dollars on all this crap that you're being told you need. To the love and attention and that you're providing your kids, not the, the crap that you're buying for yeah. them. Uh, actually, speaking of buying stuff, there's an interesting article on MSN Money uh, based on a TikTok video <laughs> about a, a new checkout hack that you might want to consider, uh, especially if you're you're one of these folks who are, you know, who's always got like a pocket full of spare change. <laughs> got that jar in the corner of your room and you're trying to figure out what do yeah. I do with all these coins? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it always irks me to see folks using the Coinstar machines uh, at the grocery stores, right? They, they show up with their jars and they turn that spare change into dollar bills. Uh, but this is a bad route to take because Coinstar takes up to 12 and a half percent plus a 50 cent transaction fee. Yeah. Uh, and so you instead, that convenience. Yeah, exactly. But what's crazy is that these oftentimes you see these at grocery stores, mm-hmm. right? Well, instead, just take those coins and use them when you're making a purchase out at a self checkout kiosk. Well, the thing is, you can literally bring if you want 80 bucks worth of change. Yes. And if you have like a giant jar, you don't have to feel change. bad about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You don't have to feel bad about it if you're using a self checkout because the computer's fine with that. The, yeah, hopefully, they don't mind. <laughs> hopefully you won't fill up their uh, coin <laughs> reservoir right? Uh, and will not accept any more quarters. But yeah, self spare change, it kind of sucks. Rolling your change, that's not fun either, but dumping those coins into the, the self-checkout machines specifically to you know spend them down for purchases you're already making. We think that's brilliant. Do make sure that you keep a quarter though for uh, when you do go to Aldi, yeah. that you've got that quarter to be able to, to snag that cart. Yeah. But okay. just the ability to take the edge off as well. I like the idea of just always spending down some of the change that you've got, like in the in the ashtray of your car, maybe in your pocket, that kind of thing. But either way, this takes the edge off of higher prices that we're seeing in the grocery store. And speaking of Aldi, we, we actually have another Aldi story that we're going to get to right after the break. We'll talk about car loans on the rise, as well as 529 accounts. We'll get to all of that right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org wisefriend. I'm 
guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, Matt, let's keep going. It's our Friday flight. We've got a lot more stories to get to this week. And of course, every week we tackle the ludicrous headline of the week. And this one comes from CNBC and it reads, inflation has caused 54% of adults to stop or reduce retirement savings. Bad news. Yeah. We don't like seeing this because, nope. yeah, we, we want people obviously contributing to their tax advantage retirement accounts, especially, especially right now when the market is on sale. So yeah, investing for your future, to us, it's non-negotiable, right? That The idea of paying yourself first is is crucial before you start paying all those other bills. It, yeah, it really is. A, f- a friend of Joel, a, this is a mutual friend of ours, uh, reached out and was like, hey, uh, my employer is offering a high deductible health care plan and it's got an HSA. 
what do you think I should do? And I was like, oh, absolutely. Max and, it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this employer chips in. They will pay into that HSA for you as well. So there's more free money there. Yeah. And But then he said, well, what if I don't want to save for my retirement? And I don't know if he was joking or not. <laughs> but I responded, and you were like, then you can't be my friend. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> but we haven't talked about it in person yet. This is kind of one of those conversations that you probably want to follow up with in person rather than text. Well, just to make sure. He knows who he's talking to. Yeah. He knows where I stand. Yeah. Well, in addition, <laughs> in addition to this, people reducing their retirement contributions, Matt, the even more shocking stat I saw in this article was that 43% of respondents said that they opted to take money out of their retirement account in order to combat the higher prices that we're seeing, which is even worse, right? So it's one thing to reduce or to even stop your retirement contributions altogether for mm-hmm. a, a period of time. Yeah, slow in the flow. Yeah, that's a different tactic and it's one that we don't find as appalling. But when you're talking about taking money out of mm. your retirement account. You're, you're reversing the flow. That prevents, yeah. that, or that creates bigger problems. And so if you're opting to grab that money, let's say in the form of something like a hardship withdrawal, which has gotten easier in recent years. So people can more easily say, yeah, I got a hardship, but you don't really have to, it's, it's, there's a more lenient process of approval for you to snag that money. Well, that's even worse because you're taking your money out of the market at a really bad time. You likely have less money overall in that retirement account because of sagging values. And and on top of that, folks who who go this route are going to pay taxes and a 10% penalty on those withdrawals and they're going to have less money saved for their future. So we'd say, yeah, stopping the account contributions for a little period of time while you're getting back on your feet, that's one thing. But taking money out of your retirement account is another. You should really be avoiding taking money out of your retirement account, specifically your 401k, yeah. like the plague. It's I think it's even slightly different if we're talking about taking out Roth contributions. I don't like that either, but it's it's better, uh, at least from a tax and penalty perspective, if you're going to go. Yeah. If you're going to go to the Roth well, that's better than the 401k well, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actually, another recent study from Bankrate, they found that 55% of Americans say that they are not prepared for retirement. And again, not a surprise that folks aren't <laughs> saving and investing enough, or at least like they don't think that they're saving enough. Uh, because actually, like maybe they are, but they just haven't sat down to crunch the numbers. Because of the way that compounding returns work, most folks are going to feel like that they don't have enough you know, within their portfolio to retire on until just those last few years right before retirement. Jill, it actually makes me think of, I, th- I think this is an illustration we've talked about before here on the show, but the lily pad example, right? And so imagine you've got this li- lily pad on this pond and it doubles in size every single day. And at the end of the month, right after 30 days, it has completely covered the entire pond, mm-hmm. right? So you can kind of picture this lily-, lily pad growing. And so if you were to ask somebody, hey, when will that lily pad uh, cover half of the pond? Without that person thinking too hard about it, they would. A lot of folks would just say, "Ah, oh, well, like maybe day fifteen, like right. halfway like the, through the process, halfway through the month." Uh, when in reality, no, it's going to cover half of the pond the day before the 29th day, basically yeah. <laughs> the day before the end of the month. And granted, we're t- what we're talking about here in this example, the lily pad is growing at a rate of 100%, right? It's doubling in size every single day. And so we're not, gonna, we're not trying to say that that's what your investments are going to do. But the fact is, we have a difficult time with that kind of math, with compounding growth, with exponential growth. And our investments are oftentimes closer to that reality, that example, than what we imagine, right? Where you're slowly adding to your portfolio. Yeah. And I, th- I think you're right. I think there's a, a problem, like a lot of us, especially how the money listeners, might misperceive. They might think they're not doing enough, even though they are. Exactly. And I think that's what you're trying to get back here. I think the reality is too, though, 
most Americans aren't saving. Yeah, enough I, I do think there are a lot of folks who aren't saving enough. We see what the savings rate is for the average American. It's abysmal. So most people really aren't. <laughs> but for How to Money listeners, I think this is good encouragement. You might think you're not. And it always feels like you can or should do more. But when you crunch the numbers, when you take a look at the reality of compounding returns and how, yeah, later in your life, what seems like a, a decent-sized nest egg can become a massive nest egg in just a few short years. That's a, that's a really important thing for, for our listeners. To yeah, think about. And, and so there's a practical step here. So if you're hearing this and you're like, well, I don't know where things are for me. Like, I'm not totally sure what that's going to look like for me. We'll actually sit down and do the math. Uh, and a good rule of thumb is that you'll need roughly 25 times your annual expenses once you fully retire, right? We've talked about that on the show many times. And so figure that out first and then just start playing around with a compound interest calculator. And then you'll be able to see how much you need to set aside each month in order to reach that, uh, that 25 times your annual expenses number based on how many years you have left that you want to work. And so we share that because there's just a honestly, a very practical, simple solution here to actually figure out what those numbers are. And you might find that you are perhaps far ahead uh, of the curve than you think you are. Like it feels like that you're way behind. It's difficult to understand the compounding returns that you're going to experience in your later years once your portfolio continues to swell. But the idea is that you can take that data and allow that to, to calm your nerves yeah. a little bit in the here and now. For sure. And I think especially if you're like a type A personality and you're like, I'm, yes. you never yep. feel like you're doing enough. And even I, like I, I am not type A, but when, we all we all fall into when that I'm trap. unhealthy. I fall into kind of some yeah. type A tendencies. I think a lot of us based do. on my enneagram number, like Matthew. just the scarcity mindset, right? Like yeah. where you're just like, oh, like am I going to have enough? I think that can easily be a default position that we fall back into. Yeah, and so I think you're right. The doing the math, looking at the numbers face on, can help you realize. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, the amount of money I have saved for where I'm at in life is actually pretty good. Compounding is going to do a lot of heavy lifting for me, and I can freak out a little bit less. And actually, yeah. uh, I don't have to put the pedal to the metal quite as hard exactly. as I have been. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about uh, another account, Matt, that people use to save and invest, and that's 529 accounts. We talked on Wednesday uh, on the show about how to set your kids up for financial success. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you have kids, we, we actually downplayed the effectiveness of saving for their college in a state-sponsored 529 plan on that episode. Sure, yeah, it makes sense for some folks, mostly folks who are in money gear number seven, though, who are pretty much in that financially independent zone, who have been saving well for their own retirement for likely a long time. They have enough financial flexibility to prioritize saving money for their kid's college. But a whole lot of other folks, it, it just doesn't make much sense. And another reason actually for why we feel this way actually popped up in a survey that we saw this week, which reinforces our, our not so lofty views of 529 accounts. This new study by intelligent.com finds that a third of parents actually end up using 529 money for purposes other than college, for non-qualified distributions. That's a lot of parents. <laughs> That's a lot of parents. Yeah, 33% of folks using this money for something other than college, which means that you're going to pay uh, tax and penalty, a 10% penalty on any of those non-qualified distributions. So yeah, a 529 account is a particularly bad idea, we would say, if you don't end up using those funds to pay for college expenses. It's not an awful idea to save in a 529 fund if it's actually going to go towards the stated goal and get those extra tax benefits. 
But if you're taking that money out and it's a non-qualified distribution, it completely defeats the purpose of what those accounts were set up for. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the, the least optimized way for you to set money aside. Not only are you using it for other purposes, but you're being penalized for that. This is just another reason why these accounts aren't our favorite, why they kind of end up at the back of the line when it comes to the different accounts we like to see you saving up for. Yeah, um, we'd rather you have money in more flexible accounts. That, But th- these are just hyper-specific accounts that a lot of people don't use effectively. Exactly. And they're prioritizing these accounts at the expense of their own financial future, right? It often, like we often talk about the putting the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your kids. But folks instead, they're just looking at their kids. And it kind of makes me think of the like Balenciaga babies. Folks are oftentimes so focused on the things that they want to be able to provide their kids. And in this case, we're talking about college. It seems very noble, but yes, you do need to make sure that you're taking care of your own retirement first. And so let's keep moving though, Joel. We, you know, we did talk earlier a little bit about Aldi. Uh, here's another reason to love Aldi. Starting this past Wednesday and through November 29th, Aldi, they've uh, instituted a Thanksgiving price rewind. Um, I love it. Uh, which means that traditional holiday items like apple pie, green beans, and mini marshmallows, <laughs> uh, uh, cornbread stuffing I saw as well, they're going to be sold at 2019 prices, yeah. which is There's a bunch of stuff on that list. Really stinking cool. Yeah. And you know, Aldi is already attracting an insane amount of uh, new customers thanks to, to rapidly rising prices on groceries. Reuters reports that because of how it is that Aldi handles staffing and produce buying that, you know, they charge between 20 and 40 percent less than their competitors for specifically for fresh fruits and veggies. They just need less workers because of the packaging yes. and how they set their stores up. Exactly. It's incredibly efficient. Honestly, this sounds about right from our experience. You know, like we have always said that just making this one change that it's going to be the easiest, the most effective way to decrease your, your monthly food budget. Um, but then you see Aldi and they double down on their value proposition. <laughs> and I also, too, that love the, the fact that they're hearkening back to their 2019 prices. It makes Simpler me, times. Yeah. Like there's something almost nostalgic about it. Like So last night, Kate and I, we had our date night and we came home to relieve you of your babysitting duties. We do the date night swap. And uh, you're like, hey, how, you know, how was it? And we had a great time. And do you remember specifically what I said? I do. Uh, you said that the cocktail prices <laughs> of this place were like 2019 level like, prices. Like 2018, like 2019 ten, prices. 10 bucks for a cocktail, whereas yes. now a lot of restaurants around here is like four, 13, 14, 15 bucks. Exactly. And so when you do something like that, not obviously you are saving folks money uh, when you're able to keep your prices low. It, they are ingratiating themselves towards their customers, towards their patrons that, that just show up. And, and that means I'm going to go back, right? Like you create these these warm, fuzzy feelings. And does it impact me emotionally and how I view that experience we just had? Yeah. But also like there is real value that is being provided to us. Maybe the food wasn't quite as good as I remember it being because I was awash in this 2019 price glow. <laughs> Maybe so, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to go back. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just, I don't know, something to keep in mind. I love that uh, not only what Aldi is doing, but just, I don't know, how they're saying it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's good branding for them and it's it's good price savings for, for a lot of us. And for our listeners who have held out against shopping at Aldi or Lidl, I don't know if, is it Lidl or Little? I think it's Little, I don't know. But uh, We always say Lidl. We do. But either one of those, like if you go to either one of those stores, they're going to save you a bunch of money compared to the grocery stores you're typically shopping at. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, dude, one last thing. I feel like we've seen this firsthand as well because recently we have started shopping more at Costco and we have been going over our grocery budget ever so slightly every single month. Yeah. And it's 
totally because of Costco. I mean, back in the day, man, like... Well, you're buying that fancy yes. barbecue sauce, dude. I mean, the <laughs> Japanese true. barbecue sauce. But like 90, 95% of our grocery shopping earlier this year was was at Aldi. Yeah. And since we switched to Costco, like we do maybe like 80% of our grocery shopping there, only like 20% at Lidl and Aldi. But because of that, I guarantee that that is why we're seeing our, uh, our grocery bill go up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, don't it's, hate, don't it's, hate too much. It's a real thing. <laughs> uh, but let's let's talk about rate hikes, Matt, and how those are impacting consumers. And specifically, an, another rate hike was announced on Wednesday, although the Fed signaled that the speed of those rate increases could slow in the near future. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about on the show how credit card rates are going up. So pay off that credit card debt, right? If you have any lingering around. But there's another way that these rate hikes are having an impact on the lives of of everyday folks. And that is car loan rates. New data from Edmonds shows that car loan rates are at the highest they've been in 14 years. And so the average new car loan rate is north of 6% now. I think it's 6.3%. And the average car payment, according to the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, is up somewhere between 13 and 19% from a year ago. And so that means that the average annual cost of car ownership is is just shy of $11,000, which is just so much money. We were just talking, Matt, about the need for Americans to save and invest more. Well, imagine if just a fraction of those car payments were being invested. Yeah. As rates go up on these loans, it makes the cars more unaffordable, more expensive, and it, it's going to crimp our budgets even more. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the CFPB, they also report that the average price of a new car has ballooned to more than $48,000. That's complete insanity. Not only are we seeing financing, the cost of financing going up, but the actual cost of vehicles are climbing as well. Yeah. Which means and, those payments are going up yeah, even more. Yeah. And you're getting hit. <laughs> On both, on both ends. ends. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, with, with prices being just way higher in both the used and new car markets, uh, thanks to chip shortages, thanks to supply chain issues, it's even more important to keep your transportation spending in check, despite what other folks out there are doing to their monthly budgets by opting for a new car right now, or even just a new car to them right now. Uh, we're not fans of taking on debt for depreciating assets like cars, but even less so when it becomes more expensive to do so, when the rates have risen as much as they have. Uh, and actually, we're going to do a, a deep dive with Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports on Monday, uh, all about cars. So you can look forward to that interview. We're going to talk about the future of electric vehicles. We're going to talk about how to get a great car for a lot less money than $48,000. <laughs> you do not need to be spending that much. And so that's an episode you can look forward to here on Monday. Yeah, and we love Consumer Reports. Mike Quincy has been with Consumer Reports for a long time. Mm-hmm. Consumer Reports does a great job at helping everyday Americans keep money in their pockets and help them make good decisions about the products they're buying. So yeah. we will, yeah, we'll look forward to that chat with Mike. Hope you enjoy it on Monday and we hope you have a great weekend. That's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to sign up for the How to Money newsletter. You can find that at howtomoney.com slash newsletter. That's right. But buddy, that's going to be it. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 